Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Is it 4th of July? Happy 4th of July weekend to all of you. And YouTube's gunning for us. They're going to nuke us. Uh, We got two strikes right now. One of them expires in 90 days. And we're releasing a Best of Patreon episode this week uh, so that you guys have something to listen to over the 4th of July. We will be, we're always on Patreon. Um, And we will be back on YouTube soon. We don't know when. We are also exploring the option of releasing to Twitter exclusively while we have this strike from YouTube in the 90 days that it, it may expire. We may go to may start exclusively on Twitter. We're having high-level conversations. Um, We hope you enjoy this. This was some of the funniest stuff that uh, we've done over the last couple of months, and we hope you have a great 4th of July, and we will see you somewhere soon. First of all, to just briefly touch on the Academy Awards, everything, everywhere, all at once is an annoying movie. You liked it, right? Yeah. Right. It, It... but it's it's annoying, and it it won everything. And you saw the Banshees of Inisherin. I did. But you liked this the other one better. Yes. Why? Because it just had more razzle dazzle. Yeah. Well, that's. Well, go watch Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> Bert, our friend Bert just dropped the Razzle Dazzle. Um. Yeah, I mean, you're stupid. I mean, you're a stupid part. And listen, there's nothing wrong with being stupid. I don't mean you, you know? I'm I'm, I'm just saying if you liked Everything Everywhere All at Once better than the Banshees of Inisherin, you're not smart. And there's nothing wrong with not being smart. In fact, it's a preferable way to live. The Banshees of Inisherin is this brilliant exploration of modernity, a closed world that's slowly opening, you know, um this island that these these people live in through this dark Irish fairy tale, the Banshees of Inisherin is, is kind of brilliant. And then there's other thing where it's like everything everywhere all at once is fine, but it's being lauded as like this great film and it's just not. It's, it's a little annoying. It's shrill. It's, you know, and, and, and this is the best we can do, which is terrifying to me. Like, this is all we can do here. And I don't know. You watch the Academy Awards and, you you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is up there and you're going like, you won an Oscar and you won. My family won an Oscar. My husband won an Oscar and you won an Oscar. And it's like, oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Like, it, it's just. And then people going up crying. And I'm happy for these people that they're winning. But. They're up there crying and screaming. There's no decorum anymore. I understand you're representing your people. I understand that. I'm happy for you. But there's a word called decorum. Decorum. Get up decorum, please. Get up the dictionary definition of decorum. 
because we need to introduce that a little bit more into society. Here we are. Decorum, noun, behavior in keeping with good taste and propriety. You exhibit remarkable modesty and decorum. So when you win an award at the Academy Awards, you go up there, you thank your fifth grade teacher who told you you had the stuff, that you were good. You thank God, maybe. You thank mom and dad. You thank the director and the fellow co-stars. Maybe you craft a cute little anecdote or something, and then you get out of there. We don't need to cry. We don't need to scream. You don't need to carry the weight of your entire ethnic group on your shoulders at all times. You don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get up there, but it's the win for gay people. Remember when gay people weren't winning and they are because of me. Listen, you don't need to carry the entire weight of the entire experience of your ethnic group in America for an award show speech. This is my this is my my two cents that you pay me for. You don't need to get up there crying and screaming. Like you've just unlocked a secret key to dignity and self-respect and self-worth that because you're being handed a statue, your life has validity and meaning now. That's absurd. That's not what we should do. We should have decorum where you get up there and... Yes, you can acknowledge if it's a historic thing and, you know, there has never been a person of your group represented before. There's a way to acknowledge it without the hysterics, the histrionics, the hysterics. People are straight up getting up there. They're like, this is... And you go, you go like, you go, what's going on? Let's just rein it in a little bit. So you're watching the, the Academy Awards and you're watching this stuff and Jamie Lee Curtis is up there being like, I acted in all those genre films. It's like, your dad's Tony Curtis. What are you mad about? <laughs> the fuck are you complaining about genre films? There's people eating fucking in the street. It's just the cringe level. Remember when people were cool? Remember when you look at actors and you go, Jack Nicholson's fucking cool. Denzel Washington's cool. This is good. It's good. It's completely not the case anymore. It's completely not the case where it's like the cringe level of, 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 of people in that profession. It has reached a fever pitch where people now just turn it off because it's, it's crazy. And it's not always about the woke, you know, people, Everything's, there's a knee-jerk reaction. Just be like, woke, woke, woke. It's not only that. It's a hyper-emotionalism that's very womanly. And I don't mean womanly in like a, a gendered way per se, even though the word womanly would sort of suggest that I'm doing that. <laughs> but what I mean is the worst kind of womanly in the way that like the worst kind of masculine behavior would be like bullying and being obstinate and, and uh, obtuse and thick-headed, whatever. The worst kind of feminine behavior is like hysterics, histrionics. And it's this hyper-emotional state that everybody is in now 
that's reflected in these Academy Awards acceptance speeches where people come up and they're genuinely, you know, like, you know, in the midst of a manic episode, you know, for a few minutes. And I, I just think it's so unappealing to people. It's so... It, it it's so revealing in a way that it's like, oh, those the character you played that we might have loved and fall in love with and we think is cool. And, you know, you know, the only one I've seen have really good speeches is Jennifer Coolidge. They're always funny. They're self-deprecating. They're real. She's teared up, but there's also so much laughter in them. She's really good at it. She can craft a story and a narrative. It's like a comedian. But then a lot of people just get up and they're weirdly like entitled and it's, uh, you know, just regular people watching this stuff that don't have the, you know, that don't have the, you know, lives that a lot of the people they're watching have. And they don't have those opportunities and never did. It was never in the cards. And yes, whatever, some of them didn't work for it or whatnot. But, you know, you want to have people have a little humility and dignity and grace, this is something that is completely missing from our society, humility, dignity, and grace. We have none of it. We have, it's a hyper-emotional society where people are walking around constantly in the midst of a manic episode that they're going to inflict on you. And if you notice it and point it out, you have become a problem. You have become an issue. And this is when you watch these Academy Award speeches, a perfect example can you get up the speech from the guy from everyone, you know, the guy who went, yeah. and I mean, it's just, it's a cute guy, he's an older guy, sweet guy, and he's happy, but there's a, there's a mania, there's, there's a manic behavior here, I, you know, where, where it's like, just, there's something where you go, let's just, let's two. calm it down a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my what? mom can, is 84 can, years old. Can, first of and all, she's at home watching. Was it? Can can we just? I I understand that that's sweet. Like my mother's 84, but wouldn't it be? How much cooler is it if he just walked up and he's like, "My 84 year old mother is watching tonight." You know, like there's just something, and I'm not trying to be this guy that doesn't think like, you know, people should, you know, they, people should cry if they want, or people should be emotional, whatever. But we've, we've turned this up here to a point where it's like, I think you like, you get the message across more if you're not hysterical. Mom, I just want an Oscar. His mother's watching Tucker. <laughs> My journey started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp. And somehow, I ended up here on Hollywood. And so did Business Jamie Lee Day. Curtis. They say stories like this only happen in the movies. I cannot believe it's happening to me. Well, by the this way, people are mad at him a little bit because I think he was in that refugee camp because we went into Vietnam. <laughs> And blew everybody up. So people are like, when he's like, stories only happen, like, it's the movies. It's like, we went into your country and lit it on fire. 
But this is what I mean. Like, I understand what he's saying. But it's just when he's like, they say that stories like this only happen in the movies. Where America goes into your country. They light the house you live in on fire. You end up in a refugee camp. And then years later, you're in a movie and you'll win an Academy Award. <laughs> like, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I understand this is a big moment for the guy and, there's just a level of, you know, you know, we'll play the rest of it, but there's just a level of like, there's something cool about being cool. There's something interesting about keeping it together and saying really meaningful things, not at, 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 at dialed up to 11. Like we do, everything doesn't have to be dialed up to 11. This is the American dream. It's not. The American dream is not winning an Academy Award at all. But, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to the Academy for this honor of a lifetime. Uh, thank you to my mom for the sacrifices she made to get me here. To my little brother, David, who calls me every day just to remind me to take good care of myself. I love you, brother. Uh, okay. Thank you to Kendall for all your support and everything you've done. Uh, thank thank you. God I don't have to give any of these. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, I mean, can you imagine? Um, thank you. This is an eye. I never thought I'd be here. I've said a lot of things about a lot of people that get these and I've been in this room. And, you know, I, I want to thank CAA for believing in me right at the moment I started kind of making money on my own and uh, they swooped in there, but uh, thank them anyway. You know, <laughs> I appreciate them. Um, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody else who has uh, helped me. Uh, my parents. Hey, you didn't, you didn't fuck me. You know, you didn't <laughs> try to kill me. And for that, I'm grateful but I like also, you know, you were just bad enough at it that I got all the material to, you know, I guess push myself <laughs> through this. Thank you to all of my friends who, you know, to varying degrees mean different things on different days. I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I don't, you know, but this, you know, this, uh, this speech and we're, we're, we're done with it. I mean, God bless him. He just, he's, it's just, a, you know, I'm just asking, I'm not trying to be unreasonable here. I'm just asking for a little bit of people to not be insane. And by the way, Jamie Lee Curtis too, her whole thing was like nuts. And I like, you know, she's a good actress, but like her whole thing was insane too. And it was just kind of like, get her speech up where you go like, you're like, and I wonder, by the way, I'm, I'm looking at the, the headlines. I don't think Trump's going to be arrested, um, but they're certainly not going to perp walk him. I mean, there is potential that he turns himself in over the Stormy Daniels payments campaign Stop. finance violation, which is, you know, silly. When we look at all the things presidents have done that could be Trump's a shady fuck. His business deals are shady. He's been shady forever. But when we look at all the presidents and all the things they've done, illegal wars, legitimizing torture, um, you know, the idea that, um, you know, paying off Stormy Daniels with a campaign finance violate, like the idea that that's the one, you know, especially because they built this up as like, they were going to get him on Russia. They couldn't. Then they were going to on this. They were going to get him on January 6th. They were going to get him on this. They were going to get him on, and they were going to get him on the Ukraine thing. Remember it was Zelensky. Remember that? 
And now finally they're like, oh, he paid off Stormy Daniels. It's just, here's here's Jamie Lee Curtis. This is another one where it's like, and she's married to Christopher Gast, who I love, and his movies are amazing. But this is another one where it's like, just relax a little. Janet Yang, I wouldn't do it well because I'm a good girl. I know it looks like I'm standing up here by myself, but I am not. I am hundreds of people. I'm hundreds of people. I am the, where are the Daniels? Daniels, Jonathan, Leyline, the entire crew, my bae Michelle, Key, Steph, the entire art group of artists who made this movie. We just won an Oscar. Um, to my dream no. team, um, my agent, Rick Kurtzman, Alan Wertheimer, Heidi Schaefer, Sean James, Grace Ahn, Jane Ross. We just won an Oscar. Uh. To my family, my beautiful husband, Christopher Guest. <laughs> Our daughters, Annie and Ruby. My sister Kelly, we just won an Oscar. To all of the people who have supported the genre movies that I have made for all these years, the thousands and oh, enough. hundreds of thousands oh, of people. Will you stop? We just won an Oscar together. It's, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, it's, 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 they're just gross, these speech. I don't know what to say. These people should have other people write them. I think, and I, I don't, they're not, these aren't like bad people. You know, I don't know them, but I mean, like, they're not, it's not like they don't deserve to be happy. You, you don't understand, like, it's not, I'm not saying this out of bitterness or anything. Like, I, I recognize these achievements, but these speeches are just not like that refrain. We all want an Oscar. Yeah, want an Oscar. It's like, it's just not it. Just hire someone to, on the off chance that you win, to write one of these speeches that's a little cool, that's a little bit more like, you know, just a little, just a little bit fucking, just, you know, feels cool. Don't complain that you've been doing genre movies for a couple of years, for 20 years. Be fucking grateful. You're a fucking problem. Man, it's been, you know, the last time I tried to get Taylor Swift tickets, I was so upset and it was so hard. I mean, I was sad. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. I mean, so many cool things are happening in the area. It's, it's not even funny how many things are happening in this area. It's truly it's disturbing how many opportunities you have to have a great time. Game Time is a place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, more. Get images of your seats before you buy. Know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps in your set. Right now, I want all of you to download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code TIM. You get 20% off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app. Do it for me. Create an account. Use the code TIM. Get 20% off your first purchase. They have the lowest prices guaranteed for last-minute tickets. They are the best. I think I will just go back to this 
controversial point. I think adults should do whatever the fuck they want. I think when you're over yeah. the age of 18 years old, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Before the age of 18 years old, be gay, be trans, be whatever you want to be, but don't alter your body until you really understand the gravity of that decision. And also don't be in environments that are not appropriate. Like it's not appropriate. Uh, listen, a bar is still where people go to get fucked. People right. go, people go well, get I'm drunk in like a bar people, to have these sex. Are people who are, I don't, I don't think dra drag queens are people who are like on their way to trans. They just, they've been drag queens for 20 years. They're like, they're just, they like doing that. And they, and, and it's yeah, a different thing. You're right. It's a very different thing. And I have no problem with it, but it's, it's just, almost I don't know why, like, like you know, they were like, we can't sell trans with the boring Jeopardy bitch and the rest of these right. fucking weirdos. We need some fucking fire. And that's when it's, it's yeah. all because it really, this is a good point you're making. The drag thing has become the symbol of trans and it's really not even the same thing. No, honestly, and I'm not making this statement myself, but I'm surprised that, like, in the past five to ten years that there hasn't been pushback on it where it's, like, people calling it, like, trans blackface or something. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's like I'm surprised that, like, the trans people embrace it or whatever. Well, because drag queens, that, have like, always been, drag queens have always been part of the gay community, but it's usually been right. gay men who dress up like yeah. women. And, yeah, I, you're right. It isn't – it's the performative aspect of it. What's crazy to me is, like, it's not a sport, really, or a mm -hmm. discipline. So the idea that children, like, children doing drag to me is wild and crazy. And not... No, it's insane. It's insanity. It's insanity. Uh, it's supposed to be a subversive thing. It's like, it's like you know, if you, pick, you imagine yourself like right in the Stonewall era, I guess, or whatever, or in San Francisco in the, in the 70s. It's like this kind of, you know, it's got this kind of punk rock... Shoving it in the face should of the I man call, kind of thing. Should I call, should we have someone call Joe Rogan's comedy club, the mothership in Texas, <laughs> and ask if we can do a drag brunch for kids? <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean that, that, that's one I would love to see. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me see if Adam Eat, the booker, will answer my call right now on the air. I think it's just, I think it's just a fun idea and let's see if he answers um, now make sure you tell him we're not we don't want to fuck the kid they, they gotta know that uh listen it's, 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 <laughs> hey how are you i'm doing fine how the fuck are you i'm good so let me ask you a question you're you're on my podcast right now i wanted to know if at the great mothership comedy club in austin texas we could do a drag brunch for kids yeah, we're open to all, you know, everything, all races, creeds. I just, just run it by Joe. Just go, I, no, someone approached no, me about no. doing a drag brunch for children, but we give all the, but everyone's armed. It's an armed drag brunch. <laughs> Listen, on paper, this sounds great. It's like, not I'm bad. I, I just think we need to run it by the chief. And I feel like I think it would be better coming from you. Oh, I have no problem putting it out there and going, there's nothing to show that this is a welcoming club more so than a drag brunch for children where everyone is armed. 
Yeah, what I mean, do you have any titles in mind? Like, what are we going to bill it as? That's a great idea. I don't know exactly what we could bill it as, but I think a Sunday afternoon when the club's not making any money, we get a bunch of drag queens with guns, and we get a bunch of local children, and we get a bunch of press, and... Well, listen, if there's any way to put a little extra money in Joe's pocket, like, I'm all for it. So, yeah, I mean, let's take advantage of the, the, the hours that the club isn't open. I uh, Agreed. We get, So, I just think the community of Austin will love it. We know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we don't want them thinking we're some right-wing chop. We'll go, listen, no. we're, we're going to do... You have your bring your and I we'll just do billboards around Austin. Bring your kids and drag to Joe Rogan's new club. This is the best idea I've heard in quite a while, and I watched a lot of Shark Tank during COVID. Right. Listen, I'm telling you right now. I've been here for two years. There's one thing I know about Texas: they love guns and trans kids. So I'm telling you, bring your kids. Here. I'm seeing the billboard immediately. Bring your kids to Joe Rogan's club in drag. On Sunday morning, we will have armed drag queens, and everybody will get something from on it. Great. Can we still do a two-drink minimum? Of course. Two-drink minimum. 100%. All right, Adam, thank you. I'll call you later. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Ray, he seems open to it. Yeah, no, we'll ruin the club, but, you know, it sounds nice. It'll be, it, we'll make it a disaster. It's not a bad uh, idea. No, it's not a bad idea. Look, I, honestly, uh, like I said, I, I don't see the point of, of, of introducing kids to this drag stuff. I don't, it, it seems like totally against the point of the whole thing. That being said, I still, I, I'd still rather that than have them hanging around comedians. Oh, I mean, <laughs> there's not, the, by the way, the, the worst parents ever were the, the ones that would bring, every now and then there'd be a, like a 13-year-old that would come to an open mic and his parents would bring them. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Some weird, freaky, like, 15-year-old kid would show up at an open mic, and, like, his father would drive him. There was this kid in Long Island. Fuck, I can't remember his name, but his parents would take him to the open mic, and it was like, oh, God. And then he would, like, add us all on social media, be like, what's up, guys? Are there any shows? I'm like, you're a fucking child. It'd be so funny if, like, is this thing all turned on its head and like Marjorie Taylor Greene's like at the stand just screaming, you're not funny. Like some like second week open mic. <laughs> I tell you, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea to have, to have a, a, a drag brunch at Rogan's club. I think that's very funny. I look, I think it's, I, of course, I mean, they, they, and I'll dress up in drag, you know, and, uh, I'll be the Grand Wizard. Uh, what do you call it? The, <laughs> the Grand Wizard of the KKK. No, is the that parade. The to, don't, they, but, don't they call the parade guy Grand Wizard? Is that the way to fight fire with fire? Should white supremacists start doing drag like the Grand Wizard of the KKK? Like, should you just have <laughs> Nazi drag queens? Is that what we I have mean, to do? That 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 whole hood and and and, and sash thing is pretty. It's pretty. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't call it fabulous, but it's a little. It's it's definitely out there. It is very sad to be very, very poor, but it can also be sad to be rich. That's all I'm saying. And I know that that comes off very controversial and very out of touch. Well, look, I mean, this idea that you have a monopoly as a poor person on sadness is kind it's, of you know it's what? gross. I've had enough. Yeah. I, it's a, And you know what it is? I read this book, and it's very good, and it's very well-researched. It's a lot of poverty porn. Right. 
oh, the mother died and all the kids are sleeping on one bed and the sheriff's evicting them and there's good gunshots in the wind. And I'm like, who's gay? Hey, 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 are you getting off on this a little bit? Yeah. You getting off on this, you sick fuck, writing this book? You're getting off on it a little bit, aren't you? Oh, God. They you're get like, off on this. The pe- we've freaks. met people who, who like, they deal with it. They get off on they, it. They love it. Why are you snooping around in the first place? They love it. Yeah, yeah, they love these poor people with soot on their face. Yeah. They love it. <laughs> they get a stiffy thinking about a fucking broken family and a shitty school and a fucking closed down mill. And I'm sad. That's why I say give out. I've always been pro socialized medicine. Yeah. Pro safety net, um, uh, for sure. And I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like it because I was poor for the vast majority of my life. Yeah. Not not poverty, but poor, no. broke, whatever. Right. And I had advantages and whatever. But like, I'm always for being humane, and I'm being for being a humanitarian, right, uh, to the degree that I can be. But I also think there is. Let's just be very honest. There is certain. There's a like. There's a like. If you've been like, there's certain people that I don't know. There's a weirdness. Like, let's Jesus would have been weird. Yeah, Jesus would have been weird. He would have been a little bit of a weird guy because he was Jewish. Well, no, no, but that would have made him like effeminate. Like he was probably effeminate. Like, oh my god, like that's (laughs) the way Jewish men are. Like he was not, but I think he was Palestinian actually. He's definitely Jewish by religion. What I'm saying about him is like, wouldn't he have been a weird guy if you just like hang out with the poor? Yeah. If you had a friend that was like, let's go hang out with poor people, it wouldn't it be weird? It was weird. That's why they killed him. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, yeah. He was like, you're going like, he was, he was, it was weird at the time. People no one, by the way, all these Republicans that yeah. claim to love this guy. Man, they would have hated him. Oh, God, yeah. This <laughs> whole thing was like... Which like, is a hack thing to even say because everyone's pointed that out, but it's like... No, yeah. It's true. Like, they would not, like... No, but he was a guy. His whole thing was, like, upending the entire order. Not the tax order. He was like, you know, pay your taxes, but... Uh, right. <laughs> don't fuck around. they snuck that in? Yeah, Isn't that like, odd? Yeah. This <laughs> is an odd... <laughs> I, I, I pay Caesar, what's due to see? I'm like, is this an edit? handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this an edit going into the Bible? Um, but it's weird because I read some of these books and I talk to some of these people and like sometimes they're like, my friend lost his life. And it's like, because some of these people become friends with like destitute people. Right. And then like act like they're their friends. Yeah. And they're like, my friend Wu lost his leg. I'm reading this book. The guy goes, my friend Wu lost his leg and I was embracing him. And it's like, you're a journalist. Yeah. Here to like suck these people's pain. Right. Stop calling them all your friends. I Remember that bitch legless. Barbara Ehrenrich who wrote Nickel and Dimed? Oh, right, yeah. Who, who went to be a diner waitress in yeah, like I remember, Florida? Yeah, I remember reading that like sociology class. Yeah. And they were, she was like, it's hard to be fucking broke. I'm like, yeah, you're taking a job right? from a fucking poor person, you scumbag. <laughs> then you're going to go back and fucking do a book signing in Newport, Rhode Island. Doesn't this suck? I've only got 30 grand in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> a book Nickel and Dimed. <laughs> So I saved up my vacation time. <laughs> yeah. And and I read it and I was like, yeah, all of these books, the whole point, yeah, it sucks being poor. That's true. And we should do a lot more in this country for poor people. I agree. But until we figure out how to make the rich people happy, that's well, great, what's the point of making them other people rich? No, this is so this is actually a great point. <laughs> this is actually a great point. <laughs> until the rich can be fully fulfilled, why even Give the poor anything. It won't even improve your because life. Because I'm not even that happy. Right. And I'm doing okay. I'm yeah. doing okay. I really don't even consider myself even slightly wealthy. Yeah. Well, you're just, more, you're just morphic. But yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, I believe wealth, and this is going to sound out of touch to certain people listening, and I, I don't want, don't cancel your subscription and be gay. I believe wealth starts at $100 million to be a wealthy person. Mm-hmm. Go on. To have 70 or 80 million is to be, is to be comfortable. I believe impressive wealth starts at a B. It's a billion. Mm-hmm. It's a big, it's a billion. That's a reality now. That's a reality. I mean, on look, Instagram, the 100,000 is now a million. 100,000 followers on IG means nothing. It's now a million. Got to have a million. So I think, you know, the, 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 the million in America. This sounds like you at the Nuremberg trials. What? <laughs> it sounds like how you would be saying at the Nuremberg trials. It's, it's what I would be saying. <laughs> But it's the, I'm not even wealthy. Come on. <laughs> but it's but the reality is I have standards, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to collapse my standards because other people. Like the reality is, I've always believed that attractive people yeah. had a certain look to them. Now I've never had that look. Right. I've never had that look. Should I then adjust my standards to say that I'm hot, or should I keep going with my standards? This is the reality. We've seen a slip and slide of standards in this country. I refuse. But you also refuse, Raymond. Yeah. Every time I'm I tell you about a rich guy, you go, but does he have real money? Right. You know. No, I get you it. You know, Raymond. Well, you're trying to, imp- yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be impressed by some like, guy who made an app that like. Correct. You know, oh, you, you go to the museum and it tells you which Rembrandt. Who gives a shit? Who cares? You know, it's like. Take like, your 20 million and shove it in your ass. What country have you invaded? That's right. We want real bloodthirsty money. If the rich aren't killing, are they even rich? No, that's I mean, right. that's the whole the whole look rich is a substitute for power. Right. And like, what's the point of power? Like power, benign power isn't power. You got to be out there killing. Yeah, that's the point. No, if no one if no one like what's having a wait, 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 like one of those Swiss guards at the Vatican, you don't do anything. Freaks. You know, a sword is to stab someone. Money is to kill someone. <laughs> that's my way at. What is your verdict on? I mean, Mr. Beast, is he Satan? Not sure, we just got to watch him. He's, the trans thing doesn't matter. No one cares. I don't care. I, look, I, I, th- care. I think he's a very odd uh, fixture. And, like, honestly, I wouldn't put it past me to, like, think that he got this person to transition. No. Like, because he knew what the, you know, would happen. Imagine I'm, that I'm, meeting. That, Imagine that meeting. <laughs> he calls him in. He's like, all right, listen, you got to do something for this team. They're like, what? You want me to duct tape myself to it? And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> This one's real. Right. This one's big. Um, but it is strange that... And again, I'm not accusing Where does that Sam Smith go from here? Where, I, I don't know where he was before. He, like he's, where was his big hit? Uh, Won't beautiful. you stay with me? Yeah. Give me all I need. Exactly. Which is carbohydrates and Satan. He's not exactly always writing, is he? Well, I mean, he, like, he my point been. is like, yeah. I mean, Otis Redding, I don't know if no Otis one can. There's no more sitting who's on that, the Who's that guy who did a, ain't no sun, Bill Withers, right? Ain't no sunshine. Yeah. No one's Bill Withers. No one's like, well, no one's keeping it going for 30 years and it's just fucking all great. It's right. just, you have a, a, a couple of years where you do, you make a little splash and then here's the shit and then you, you cut, cut something off. Add something, grow some, t- t- take some testosterone, change that. That that's the pattern now, right? right. No one's, no one's Kubrick. So do cut, you think cut like it in off. ten just years? Cut it off. Do you think in ten years you're gonna see like so many people we know just like Sean Mendes is gonna be fully a woman, just because, just because people have had enough of them as a man, just because their career has hit a wall. 
Yeah, I mean, I, but I think we're also just gonna have this weird. What's odd about this? You gen- think Joe Rogan will become a woman? What if Joe Rogan transitioned yeah. to a woman? To be Joe, like the, the only difference is he has a pussy. Like he doesn't dress like a woman. He just has a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what a pussy bum! <laughs> no, he has like he puts a wig on. He gets a wig. Yeah. He gets a wig. I mean, I think it would look that. that and could then he showed that's another ten years easy as just. Tra- tranny Joe, and he, and he and now he's railing against like he's like like yeah he goes full woke tr- trans athlete like, you know you let them there it's a woman yeah that's it's a, a woman wo- I'm, yeah <laughs> that he man. goes the other way yeah you that will mean, see with be- the Ali London right this is a great point yeah. about uh you will see like certain people that are grifters like Ali London or whoever yeah. I want you will see high profile switcheroos oh yeah and now it's gonna be fun because it can be done with gender. As opposed to just like Candace Owens being like, well, I sued for racism, I lost, so now I'm going to say it doesn't exist. You're going to see people that go, oh, oh I forgot okay. about that, yeah. Right. Um, and she's a lovely woman, but I sure. mean, she seemed to be a bit confused at that moment. Right. <laughs> um, but you're going to see people now that just go, hey, I was a right-wing anti-trans guy. Now I'm a trans woman who's a communist. Like, you're going to see, like, the swings you are going to see are going to be so extreme now. Milo Yiannopoulos was an openly gay man who uh, um, was dating a was married to a black man. Now he is apparently a celibate, uh, post-gay, heterosexual Catholic who, along with Steve Bannon, is trying to try to get the Pope removed because he's not conservative right. enough. So those are the swings you're going to see. Now, it's not just going to be like these little, like, ooh, remember it was like, ooh, someone got a new hairstyle. Wow. It's like that. Jesus we grew up with that when, like, somebody got a new hairstyle, there'd be like a news thing. They'd be like, look at their hair. Right. Now it's going to be like, oh, you remember that Nazi? Now they're a trans communist. Or remember that fucking, like, button up country club Republican? Now they're like a fucking, you know, I don't know, polyamorous fucking Viking. You know, like it's like what Jesus looks like. You know, when you see only one pair of footprints, that's when I was at a detransitioning camp. Right, <laughs> right. It's when you saw only one pair of footprints. It was because <laughs> I was figuring out who, who I was. <laughs> so you had to walk alone. I mean, I just wish there was more style to it all. That's like, the know. biggest problem. Well, that's why my critique of the fatty boom batty. Yeah. Ugliness and and piggish behavior right. is not, cannot coincide with discussions about gender that's or sex. That's the problem with the gender queer, whatever you want to call it, non-binary. It, it, it's not that like you want to, oh, we want to disrupt the gender norms. Okay, but you have to disrupt the aesthetic norms? Every norm. It's like, it's like oh, a woman can... Like, at the end of the day, it's green, like the green hair with the it clashes with the blaze. Well, that's the thing. Listen, trans people now, we should be using the most advanced technology. We should be churning out trans people like we're churning out Teslas. Yeah. But what the problem is, is when you see some fatty bombati in Michigan, right. who's, as me and you have said, not even really trying to pass. They're just wearing a strange hat. They're wearing like a right. knit hat. Yeah. And they're 300 pounds. It's like, except me. And it's like, except you as what, a slob? What, what am I accepting you as a slovenly? I know slobs. Everyone I know is trans. If this is the case, if 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 wearing a t-shirt, an ill-fitting t-shirt, I've been trans my whole life. Can we look? You you know people. You know people in the business. How about we go 
together, and we pitch I a show. Two people in we pitch a reality show yeah. starring me. Called um, I'll do whatever I have to do, and we call it Fat and Trans. And it's just it's just me yelling at people. Uh, like, yeah. well, it is. It is maybe not a bad idea to have a reality show where trans people go and lose weight and and, and pass. I think you're being a little. Uh, Hitlerish with the losing weight thing. Well, I'm just saying it might not be a bad idea for trans people to become better, better. What if we oh, biggest better, loser trans edition? Yes, where if you lose the weight, we cut your or add whatever. We, we give you we if if you we lose you the, the weight, the, we'll allow the, you to transition. That's not a bad idea. It's not. It's actually a great idea. <laughs> it's a phenomenal idea. Honestly, I should work in Hollywood. I know you're saying it as a joke, but the no, reality I mean, is. I would love. How do I how do I get the job where you you make these jokes into things? Because honestly, yeah, I agree. I could be a psychopath that works at Fox. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know how you get that. Job. I know. I don't. I be honest. I don't. You were on such a low list of right. people to get that job. He's uh, a genius in the biz. He came up with fat and trans and yeah. Because well, the the the, the biggest loser for trans people it would be is, amazing. Is a great. idea. I mean, the trans people will probably get mad like you're holding. A, like, you know. Well, the fat activists will get mad. Yeah. And then the trans, but there's an, uh, you know, it's like early in the day, gay, imagine if gay people were like, like starting out like not hot. I'm only allowed to exist because hot gay people came before me. Right. Imagine if like, like gay people started and they got in league with fat activists. <laughs> like imagine that. Yeah. Like imagine if any minority, right. when they were trying to get respect, got in league with fat people. Imagine Rosa Parks was fat. <laughs> <laughs> of course this bitch she's taking up three seats on the fucking bus fat Martin Luther King <laughs> I have a dream yeah it's the, that you were fucking eating an ice cream I got the sugar <laughs> I got the sugar <laughs> but this is what I mean any group that wants to be accepted has to purge themselves of fat people in the beginning. We're not. We're not the vanguard. In the beginning, you don't send the fat. The fats are not the marines. Yeah. You can't send fat people out as trans marines right. just because they're scary looking. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Fears of a rainy street ripper. Serial killer in Austin after eighth body in less than a year is pulled from Lady Bird Lake. Many of you don't know anything about Austin, Texas. Uh, you may not live there. Uh, maybe you have visited. Obviously, Joe Rogan lives there. I have a home there. The Comedy Mothership is located there. 
I have said many negative things about the city. I do like their barbecue. It is the best in the world. There is nobody that does better barbecue than Austin, Texas. Uh, the breakfast tacos are nice. There are things that I like about it. Uh, I've, I, I'm no longer in a war with Austin, Texas because wars are boring. And unlike the military industrial complex, I don't make money from the war. So at the end of the day, I like to end the wars and move on uh, to peace. So me and Austin, Texas right now have a peace agreement. Um, however, there is a lake called Lady Bird Lake, which a lot of homeless people shit in. And apparently a serial killer is now throwing bodies in, perhaps. There are eight bodies that have been recovered in Lady Bird Lake in Austin. Um, and this sucks. This 30-year-old guy, John Christopher Hayes Clark, was the latest to be recovered. Jonathan Honey, Jason John. What the fuck are these names? Jonathan Honey, Jason John. Everybody's named John. Five other unidentified people have been found dead at the same location over the last year. The victims' families believe there's more behind their deaths. And the Austin uh, PD has found no foul play. This is weird, man. Earlier this month, 33-year-old Jonathan Honey was found dead on April 1st. Cliff Axtell, 40, was discovered on March 5th. Jason John was found on February 13th. A further four unidentified bodies have been recovered from the lake in the last 10 months. Terrified residents have since set up Facebook groups and taken a TikTok to voice their growing fears that the deaths may be connected. So this is fucking weird shit. A private Facebook group called Lady Bird Lake Serial Killer with more than 50,000 followers was created when Jason John's body was discovered in February. The autopsies for the men who died were not available, but police said their bodies showed no signs of trauma. They added that the cases shared a combination of alcohol and easy access points to the lake, which can be hard to see at night. However, they claim that with each incident occurred at the lake, the circumstances, exact locations, and demographics of these cases vary. Um, this is weird, dude. This is almost like that smiley face killer shit that we covered because it was like young, good-looking college guys were getting thrown in lakes, but then we met the guy who helped popularize that theory in Minnesota, and he was a complete lunatic, and I interviewed him, and that then he like left me voicemails like threatening to sue me because he it came out... Like the episode came out where I said he was completely unreliable and insane, which he was. That doesn't mean that there's not something weird going on. But this seems like that. But none of these guys, they don't fit that particular demographic. But a lot of them, I guess, were walking home and then ended up in a lake. The thing about Austin is it's a city where people get intoxicated. They get very drunk. And I go, well, yo, well everybody gets drunk, Tim, in every city. Yeah, but not like Austin. I mean, Austin, they get boozed up. That's kind of the point of Austin, Texas. People get really fucked up. It's for bachelorette parties. It's for uh, high school reunions. It's for people that haven't seen each other in a while. You know, people taking a dad's trip that really want to fucking turn it up. People that may not know uh, where their tolerance is anymore that are trying to keep up with the college kids next to them. Um, Austin is a grueling environment. Um, for people that go out and, and get drunk. You know, people get really fucked up. And, you know, 6th Street, which is like the, the, the big uh, 
main drag in Austin where people go out and get fucked up, gets incredibly violent, and people are falling down and vomiting and beating each other up and pulling out guns and shooting each other. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, you know, there and Rainy Street is like 6th Street to a degree. I mean, Rainy Street, people get really, really fucked up and drunk on Rainy Street. So it is not inconceivable. It is not inconceivable, but I mean, it sounds horrible that somebody just got drunk and fell in a lake. It's a horrible way to die, and it's a horrible thing to admit. And it could not be that. It might be a serial killer. Um, it's an embarrassing thing to say your father got drunk and fell in the lake. That's an embarrassing thing to say. Now, that may be true. In this case, it may be true. I don't know. Ten bodies in a lake seems like a lot. That seems like too many, especially if you don't, if that's not a consistent every year number. If it's not like every consecutive year, it's like eight to 10 people go missing in the lake. Um, that seems to be a huge increase that maybe that is a serial killer killing people and throwing them in Lady Bird. You know, something down there is not good, folks. And again, I'm not trying to start problems. I'm just saying there is something that is not. It is not good. I am looking at some of the people who died, and it is sad. Just go to the mothership, folks. Just go to the mothership and go home. Mothership hotel. Nobody ends up in a lake. There's two people get too drunk in that city. People get too drunk. I'm telling you, at, at a certain age, you can't get that fucked up. You know, at any age. Unless you really trust the people you're around to not abandon you and to look after you and to watch you, you should not be getting that fucked up. I used to get that fucked up. I used to get really fucked up. And, you know, I, you know, could have ended up in a lake. But I didn't. You know, because a lot of times, it, you know, I was at a Long Island catering hall during a real estate seminar and... You know, th that's not really a place where people disappear from. People appear over and over again. Death comes slowly with each passing minute. I, I just, you know, I, I just, you know, listen, I don't, I don't know how these people, we'll never know. Nobody ever finds this out. Whenever somebody ends up in a lake, nobody ever finds out how it exactly, ha maybe there are people that are just drugging people and throwing them in a lake for fun. I mean, that's the what, what I came down to with the smiley face killer shit. I looked into it from 10 different angles. I'm like, maybe there's just people out there that are getting their jollies, throwing motherfuckers in a lake. Why not? We got a lot of sick fucks in this country. I would not put it past a few people to go, we can only have fun if we're drugging people and throwing them in lakes. I do not know. Maybe it is a government program where they are testing how people respond to certain drugs. Would that be shocking? Absolutely not. Our government? Not at all. Maybe that's a pot. I mean, I remember once in my, in my friend Aaron's house, we're sitting in our backyard, and she's like, go through the possibilities of what the smiley face killer is. And I said, it's groups of private individual. Like, number one, possibility number one, drunk people are falling in lakes. Easiest possibility number one. Possibility number two. Private individuals 
who are sick, cult, gang, whatever, a gang initiation, a cult initiation, a ritual sacrifice, I don't know, I don't know, are doing these things, private individuals. Now, obviously, there's no evidence. They're very good at it. Nobody's on surveillance video, and the cops can't seem to locate anybody. I don't know. Option number three, and by the way, these are not in no particular order, but option number three is that it is the government. Our, it's our government. Is there some secret program that allows or permits the drugging of young men for whatever reason or whatever purpose? Uh, as a way to test something. This is what MK Ultra was. This is what Project Monarch was. This is what a lot of things were. They were programs where the government administered drugs to people and killed some of them in order to test a certain hypothesis about a drug, drug interaction, how somebody uh, behaved while on this drug. They observed. I, I don't know. But I don't. But that's where you leave it all. You go, yeah, I don't know. If it's got to be one of those three things, that's it. Or it's one guy, one highly motivated serial killer, one highly motivated person that is going out, getting drunk with someone, walking, walking them home. Like I'm a good guy. I'm going to walk you home, and then throwing them in a river. I don't like rivers. I don't like lakes. I I've been very clear about this. I've been very clear about it. You know, this is not my, I don't get in for that. I don't do that. Not in this country. You know, we all think of rivers like these beautiful rivers where it's like the rapids and that's not what it is. These rivers are brown. They're full of shit. They're all chemical. The lakes are gross. You can't fish in them. You can't swim in them. You get the brain-eating amoebas. They're all 80 degrees. There's bacteria growing in them. Everybody's a drunk animal. This is not what you think it is. It is not what you think it is, truly. Stay away from the lakes. Stay away from the rivers. If you're going to go out and get fucked up, go out with people that are going to make it their business to help you and not abandon you and not let you leave and not let you do something stupid and not let you walk home alone. Or also, don't go out on fucking rainy street in Austin, you fucking loser. You deserve to get thrown in a fucking lake. Do something else. Go to Miami. Everybody's fine in Miami because people care about each other. No, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's no answer here. There's no answer. No one will ever... By the way, they'll never catch this person. They'll never catch any of the people. Millions of people have died in lakes. It's boring. Uh, it's never... You'll, it'll never... You'll ne- they're either in on it and they're letting them kill you or they just don't care, or they I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but there's never going to be an answer or a solution. Drink in your house. I don't know. Drink in places where you trust people. Don't walk home. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There is no, there is no solution that is going to, um, there's no solution that is going to make anybody happy here other than, here, here's, I'm going to sum it up the way Kamala Harris would say it. This is what I'm going to do. We are disturbed by the questions. 
And the questions that we are all asking are the right questions. And it is the answers that elude us at this time. And all we can do right now is to focus on the answers to the questions. And that's it. And that's what Kamala Harris would say. You know, this is this is the way that she would our, our vice president would explain it. I think that's I think that's maybe the way to explain everything now. I think that might be just the way to explain everything. To just say we are all saddened by the circumstances. But we must do our best in the memory of those who have fallen to persevere in the search for the truth. And that's it. And then just, then you move on because you'll never know. But for whatever reason, none of these cases have ever been solved. When you fall in a lake, no one cares. People stop trying to even, they will go to the ends of the earth to solve certain crimes. You, what did Gaga's dog get? Yeah, they got Gaga's dog back, right? Yeah, they, they will ne- you will ne- if your bloated body is found in a lake, it's over. They will they just don't care. Because you they just go, oh, it's a drunk fell in a lake. They don't they don't care. So I mean this is sad. It's shitty. It's shitty because it's denigrating Austin, a city I love so much, a city that's part of my heart. Um, you know, and uh it's it saddens me that eight people were found in Lady Berlin, which again is discussed. It's it's a lake where homeless people use the bathroom and then other people a paddleboard. But it is primarily a toilet. It's a homeless toilet. That's what the lake is. It's a toilet. And I know that bringing that up makes me sound, you know, like a piece of shit to the people that enjoy it. But, you know, they're just fishing bodies out of the lake. So again, it's another benefit to the many benefits of living there is... There might be a body. You might paddleboard over a body. Look, kids, it's a body. I mean, maybe this is abortion activists that are angry about abortion who are just killing men. Is it radical feminist serial killers drugging and killing men to protest abortion? And is that even wrong? Would that even be wrong if it was radical feminists killing drunk men and saying, oh, let's fuck, and then throwing them in the water to protest the draconian restrictions on abortion in Texas? And and is that not a little inspirational? I don't know. Throwing it out there. Kind of like it's the plot of something or other. Yeah, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, right? Yep. What is she but isn't that sexual assault? Yeah, she's exactly. rapist. Yeah. This is random men who've really done nothing. They're just there. <laughs> yeah. They're drunk, they're on Rainy Street, and they're being thrown in the lake for some reason. I don't know. For being I, men. I'm just I'm guessing. I all we can do is guess. It's a little fun to guess. <laughs> it's not fun to get thrown in the lake and it's not fun to be killed, but it's kind of a little fun to guess what happens to people. It's just a pastime now. It's a pastime in America to guess what happens to people that end up in a lake. Mm-hmm. 
That's part of the fun now of living in this country is that no matter where you live, if it's near a lake or a river, a certain amount of bodies will end up in there with no explanation. Um, in which case, you and your friends can play like a categories, like a Pictionary of why these bodies ended up in the lake. Uh, we'll, you'll have uh, some theories, uh, some very vague thoughts, clues, ideas, Nothing really grounded in any evidence or fact. Um, but that's part of the fun now of living anywhere in America. It's just why did they end up in the lake? It should be a game. There should be a game called Bodies in the Lake. And it would be like a board game where you you know, you know end up in the lake and then they spin the spinner and you go, okay, why is the body in the lake? And you have to, for a minute give a convincing explanation of why the body is in the lake. It could be they got drunk. It could be serial killer. It could be smiley face killers. It could be uh, a secret government program. It could be religious cult. I mean, you have to then come up with, it could be like ex-lover scorn. It could be like guy who was secretly gay, who's going to meet with a gay guy on Grindr, but that gay guy was really a serial killer. Maybe he wasn't even gay. Maybe he was a serial killer, but when you it lands, the spinner will land on you, and then you have to give an explanation of why the body. And it would be a, a board game called Bodies in the Lake, and you would play it with your friends, and you would go, "Why is this? But why?" Did, and you would read a card, and they would go, "On February twenty seventh, Thomas Johnson ended up in the lake. He was walking home from a party, drunk, two miles in the opposite direction of where he lived." And then that you would put the spinner on and then you go, Jessica, why did Thomas end up in the lake? And then you have to go and you have to like, you're on the stump. You just have to go, you know, uh, because there's, there will be no answers to any of these questions. We will never find this out. No one has an interest in it. I'm only talking about it because it's a relatively slow news week and it is, you know, it's Americana, it's culture, it's Norman Rockwell shit. I mean, people ending up in a lake, man. I mean, this is Wizard of Oz. This is like, this is a Norman Rockwell Americana thing. This is a John Hughes movie from the 80s. I mean, this is our culture. People ending up in a lake without an explanation. This is something you'll tell your children's children. This is an old, these are stories you will pass down for generations that some people in this country just end up in lakes. That's how it works. And I, I, I think that that's just, it's kind of becoming, comf it's comforting in a weird way. It's actually kind of comforting. In the, you know, unless you are in the lake or the relative of someone's in the lake, and I feel bad for all of those people. But it's kind of interesting to drink a cup of cocoa and think about why these people ended up in the lake. Because it's an interesting parallel universe. Because there are things, this is what animates the mind, no matter what, there are things going on that you don't know about. Now, they could be very small things or they could be very big things. They can be grand conspiracies or they may be small uh, misfortunes. But no matter what, you don't know about them. They're happening. And the result is someone's ending up in the lake. That's what animates the mind and it keeps people up. And they go, I wonder what it is. Is it, did he trip? Or is it a massive conspiracy? And no one knows. Because, you know, one or two people, you go, yeah, they're drunks. Eight to ten people, you go, something's going on here. Something might be going on. But there's no there'll never be any How depressing would it be if there was an answer? How sad and boring would that be? If they pinned it on some dude, they're like, oh, here's the lake. 
Here's a Ladybird Lake killer. You'd be like, oh no. And then they'd get him. And then like two weeks later, someone else would die. Yep. <laughs> and they'd go, oh fuck. And then, you know, it's going to be the, the movie's coming back for another. It's, it's fucking, you know, Bodies in the Lake 2. Bodies in the Lake 2 with Eli Roth and Addison Ray and Tim Dillon. Bodies in the Lake 2. My point is that Cracker Barrel is upset because the, the people are upset because during Pride Month, companies put up the pride flag. Now, no one cared about this until people started saying five-year-olds should be able to take hormones and, you know, your kids should be able to transition uh, and uh, they can be diagnosed as trans by their music teacher. Absent that, people didn't really care about this stuff. It was a little annoying. The jokes came from people on the left that were like, pride is so corporate. Remember when cops were bashing in gay people's heads at Stonewall? Now the cops march in the parade. Citibank's in on it. They're evicting people. But they're like, you know, it, it's just fun. Corporate woke. It was fun. But nobody really cared. It wasn't like tearing the fabric of the country apart if, like, Lane Bryant was like, you can be fat and queer here or whatever, whatever company just, you know, the Cheesecake Factory is like, we're with Pride Month. Get, be a pig at Cheesecake Factory. It, it, it's just a way to stamp a flag for the month, just like Black History Month. These companies don't care about gay people, black people, white people. They don't really care about anyone. They care about numbers in a column. That's what companies are. They are, they're, oh, but companies are made of people. Yeah, okay. Companies care about numbers in a column. They care about profits and losses. They care about expanding. That's what companies do. So the idea that there's like human interest, they spotlight one of their employees who's gay, who works 90 hours a week and, you know, is, uh, you know, passes out from the exhaustion and dehydration. And they're like, you know, Mark is gay and he's worked here at Applebee's for 22 years. And, you know, you're like, congrats, and, you know, it's great. But that's the extreme case. They'll, like, spotlight one of their employees. Most of the time, it's a simple aesthetic choice. Here's the flag. Uh, we're gay this month. We're going to go with the, we're, we're in it. Come spend your, gay people spend your money here. That's what it's about. Um, because it's a capitalist country. And capitalism is about people spending their money at your establishment. Whether they fuck dogs, whether they are gay, whether and I'm not equating them. I'm just saying I, they don't care. They don't care. But they don't care if you come from a broken home. They don't care if you read Bible verses before supper. They don't care. Chick-fil-A doesn't really care. They might donate to these pro-family organizations or whatever. But Chick-fil-A's main concern is, are they selling uh, fucking chicken? That's their main concern. That is, they're a business. They exist to make money. And Cracker Barrel, uh, I guess, was basically like, we are uh, bringing the front porch to pride. This year's Cracker Barrel's focus was to be a part of the Pride experience. We had two locations in the park, both equipped with seating areas and coverage for people to sit down and cool off. 
while allowing for natural conversation. In the Cracker Barrel spirit of hospitality and belonging, we'll call it bringing the front porch to pride. So what Cracker Barrel is basically uh, trying to do is they're basically saying, hey, not all gay people are going to live in Miami or New York City. Uh, They're not all going to live in West Hollywood. Some of them are going to live in an area where what the thing we do is considered a restaurant. The thing we do. And they're trying to, they're making the bet that there's going to be some gay people because gay people aren't this monolith. You know, like Bravo puts out gay people as like, they're all rich and they're all living on the coasts. It's not true. There's a lot of gay people for what that, that are living in areas where, and, and some of them are happier. There was a documentary called Small Town Gay Bar, and small communities make people happier. You end up fucking more because there's less options, so you might fuck the same people or whatever, but it, it actually, these small communities are not that bad. Like, people think like, you know, oh, it's horrible for gay people to live in this small community, but it's actually not that bad. I mean, it's bad if they're being, you know, burned at the stake, but there's gay people that go to Cracker Barrel. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I'm going to tell you that right now. And if it offends you, don't deal with me. I'm not one of them. Have I been to Cracker Barrel? Yes. Is it bad? No. No, it's not bad. I don't go to Cracker It's not my thing. That's not what I enjoy. Do they have one in Palm Beach? My point is this. There are gay people that are going to love Cracker Barrel. And Cracker Barrel thinks maybe there's enough of them. I don't know. If I was marketing at Cracker Barrel, I might go, you know, Christians that hate gay people have to have some establishments. Maybe this is one of them. Maybe, because Cracker Barrel is kind of like the racist restaurant. Every now and then, isn't there's like a story from Cracker Barrel where the staff goes crazy or somebody says something like uh, a black family walks in and the, like uh, one of the cashiers is like, are you sure you're in the right place? Like, it's that that's the vibe. My, my point is that on the culture war, a lot of the really right-wing uh, evangelical types have kind of lost. And they should, I think we should throw them a bone. I think they should have some establishments where they can, like, not be part of pride. And I think maybe Cracker Barrel is a good one. Maybe that's one where they can say, you know what? We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We may not, we don't hate gay people per se, but we regard it as a sin. And you cannot come here and suck cock in our restaurant. You cannot eat pussy in our restaurant if you're a woman. You cannot come into Cracker Barrel as a man and suck another man's cock in Cracker Barrel. It's not allowed here. So there should be some restaurants that allow that. It, you know, it's not going to be the cheesecake factories, the things that are in high-end malls. They're going to be for gay people. But the the evangelical, the people that really are just, uh, you know, the QAnon types, the people that are, like, living in a state of rage, they should have Cracker Barrel. Like, I think we should give them Cracker Barrel. It, it, the same way that Ukraine maybe should have given Putin Donbass. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. It's not looking great for the Ukraine. 
maybe we should give them Cracker Barrel. But I, I think it's exhausting. I think the war about what corporations believe in is a silly one. It's a silly one, and I don't think people really have... Like, I think the Bud Light thing was, like, the most extreme example. So I think, obviously, you saw a big boycott, and it worked. But I don't think most people have the energy for a war about what corporations believe. Like, what are the values of American corporations? Could there be a funnier statement? Like, what are the values of American or even multinational, like, corporations? They don't have the values of those corporations are to suck up as much money as they can at the expense of human life. Those are the values. That's the primary value of a lot of these corporations, okay? So the idea that they put a rainbow flag on the menu or they do it on the website or wherever it was and it's making you mad, people are like, Cracker Barrel was a family establishment. How about eating home? Aren't you, if you're a family, shouldn't you be eating up? My grandparents never went to Cracker Barrel. This is the problem with this fat, decrepit country. Just because they say, oh, come on down to Country Kitchen with Ma and Pa. No, my grandparents, straight Catholics who did not support the gay lifestyle, ate at home. My nanny cooked. They didn't get in the station wagon and go down to Cracker Barrel and fill themselves with biscuits. They ate at home. Food that she cooked. The family values that you people crave so much are available to you if you want them. They're not, they shouldn't be sold to you by corporations, dummy. It's an old family experience here at Cracker Barrel. Come on down to Cracker Barrel by the parkway. Come up, pull off the exit ramp and come down to Cracker Barrel. There's about 200 other people there and go shopping in our gift shop and then go in and eat catfish. It's like, no, stay the fuck home. Say grace. These ideas that it's like a family establishment, not a family establishment. It's an establishment that is branded a certain way to attract a certain demographic. Family, there's one family establishment. It's called your fucking house. That is the only one. Let listen up, dummy dum dums. The only family establishment is your fucking house because you live in it and you set the rules. So if your 11-year-old wants to chop their dick off before the salad, you say, no. (laughs) That's what a family establishment is. It is not a fucking restaurant that smells like shit half the time that meth heads are fucking shooting up in in the bathroom at a rest stop. A lot of Cracker Barrels are at rest stops. That's not a family establishment. Let's go to the rest stop where the truckers are having a long meal after doing family things. Is that what the truckers are doing at the rest stop? Family things? And then they come in and have chicken and biscuits? But nobody nobody wants to cook a goddamn meal. Nobody wants to own their own life. So they want to they go, well, well, Cracker Barrel's a family establishment. They're going gay. They're going woke. It's like, 
How about cooking your own if you don't want to go to Cracker Barrel because they made some decision that you don't like? Don't go. Also, don't go because the food is unhealthy. It's not that great. Some of it's good. The pancakes are actually good because they crust up the ends of them like Clinton Baking, uh, Clinton Street Baking Company in New York, which is probably the best pancakes in America because good pancakes cannot be sloppy sponges like IHOP and Denny's. They actually have to have some buttery crust. It's got to be soft, but there also has to be a crust. It doesn't, we don't need, we're getting off the thing. The point is, it's amazing to me that people are demanding these corporate values when all, listen, a lot of my family has just hated gay people from the comfort of their own home. You can hate people from the comfort of your own home. Home. You don't have to go to Chick-fil-A and get a bunch of chicken sandwiches to throw at your children in the backseat because instead of cooking dinner for them, you were drinking wine and talking to your sister on the phone about the fact that she has a third bruise on her leg and you think her boyfriend is throwing her down the stairs. What what I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be such a fucking crazy thing. It doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be uh, mutually exclusive, you know? You, you know, hating people, you can do it all all the time, but you can, you can you can really do it at home and it's it's good at home and it's meant to be at home and I understand if you're fighting for the turf of uh, Cracker Barrel, I'm willing to cede that to you. I'm willing to give that to you. In the culture war you can have Cracker Barrel. You can take most of the things that are killing people. Um but that's that's what it seems to be now. It seems to be like this fight about like, you know, this corporation supposed to care about the things I care about. This corporation is is because my kids are going to be trans if they see Cracker Barrel put up the gay flag. I think if your kid is becoming trans because of Cracker Barrel, you know, you, maybe you know there's other things at work. Maybe there's other things at play. If Cracker Barrel, can you imagine that kid? Well, I realized I was a woman at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, my parents used to take me down by the rest stop, and we used to go there and eat uh, bacon and biscuits and, uh, you know, pudding. And and then uh, I, I saw that one Pride Month, they were like, I'd always thought they hated gay people, so I said, fuck it, I'll just stay in the closet. But then I saw that they were actually taking part in pride by putting up that flag. So now I'm trans. I'm trans now. And I told my parents, I'm trans. The person who discovers they're trans at Cracker Barrel should kill themselves. If Cracker Barrel is the difference between you becoming gay or trans, it's a problem. It's hilarious because that is where most people think I came out of the closet is Cracker Barrel. <laughs> like, I'm probably the one person, Cracker Barrel. Like, there should be a brand of people called Cracker Barrel Gay. <laughs> and it should be, like, just, like... <laughs> like, you know. These are the gays that were left out. You didn't see them at a foam party in Miami. You didn't see them at Fashion Week. They're Cracker Barrel gays. You find them at rest stops, sucking cocks, sucking off truckers, and then going in and eating chicken soup at Cracker Barrel. 
I'm a Cracker Barrel faggot. I mean, they should get into it. A jug band and the Pride Parade. We're Cracker Barrel faggots. It's like Joe Exotic would be one of them. You know, it's like. But it's sillier and sillier. It's getting sillier and sillier. Many people are losing their hair, and it's not funny. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. They offer a simple, affordable, stress-free way to keep your hair. Expert-recommended hair loss treatments, personalized treatment plans. Here's what Keeps is. You keep the hair you have in your head. So the sooner, you're st- the sooner you start, the quicker it starts to work because the best way to prevent hair loss is to prevent it. Keep the hair that you have in your head. Hence the name Keeps. It's low cost. The, there's treatment plans for everyone. And they, it's typically like half the cost of pharmacy prices. Prevention here is key. I have friends that use Keeps, and they are all very happy. One of my friends used Keeps, this is true, for six months, and he kept so much of his hair. Um, He committed suicide. That's another reason. That was not, that had nothing to do with it. That's completely unrelated. But he was so happy with his hair that his wife actually said, Without his hair, we we think John would have done it sooner. We're so happy we got those six months with him. (laughs) 24-7 care and support. It takes four to six months to see results, so act fast. I'm telling you, act fast, baby. Keeps, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Tim Dillon to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Tim Dillon to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Tim Dillon. I just reading this Seth Abramson Twitter thread where he's like, some people must earn your attention and I wouldn't go on Tucker's show because he hasn't earned my attention. And all of these people, they're like, no one that disagrees with me earns my attention. The, the only people that earn my attention are people that agree with me in a slightly different way. That's the only people that they like, these people want to speak. Everyone else is a grifter a conspiracy theorist, a nut, people that haven't earned their attention. You know, all these mainstream, you know, establishment types are like, we're the experts. You, We will not lower ourselves. We will not stoop to the level to discuss anything with you. We will not stoop to the level. We decide who the experts are. The experts say that men can have babies, they can menstruate. The experts say that the Ukraine deserves our entire GDP. The experts say that a six-year-old is capable of deciding what gender they're going to be. That's what the experts say. That's what the experts say. Those are the experts that cannot be challenged ever at all on the merits. The experts say that the United States of America is is nothing more than a white, supremacist, fascist hellscape where nobody that's not white has a shot 
Everyone's being hunted. Even though immigrants do better than native-born white people. (laughs) By statistics. That's what the experts say. The academics. The people that have earned everyone's attention. Seth Abramson, the people that earn your attention are the people that believe all of those things. They didn't believe them five years ago. They didn't believe them 10 years ago. Some of them did, but now they all believe them because their job is wrapped up in the belief of those things. Everyone else is a conspiracy theorist, a grifter, a loon, a nut, a fucking psycho. Anyone that wants to ask any question about anything is should not be, they should be ignored. Fully, completely ignored. Shut out, kept in the dark. Because there are the experts. I'm reading the Seth Abramson Twitter thread. And Seth Abramson is like a New York Times bestselling journalist and author. I don't know much about him. He goes, those who call Hotez a coward or charlatan for not immediately agreeing to play PR games with Rogan, Musk, and RFK Jr. are trolls whose toxic masculine bullshit makes them think every man can be persuaded by calling him a chicken. They don't know how to earn attention. When Tucker Carlson wanted to debate me on a show, I said no instantly, despite knowing it would have afforded me significant attention and eventually money. Why did I say no? Because we should never demean ourselves by debating people who haven't earned our time or attention. Hotez owes Rogan, Musk, RFK Jr. nothing. They haven't earned anyone's time and attention, let alone an expert's time and attention on the subject of vaccines. And Hotez owes Rogan's audience nothing because it wants to be lied to about the vaccines. RFK Jr. is doing that just fine. I get secondhand embarrassment watching grown-ass men like Musk and Rogan humiliate themselves on topics of import for years, insisting they know better than experts. Only be- who are the ex- Who are these fucking experts, by the way? Who are these goddamn experts that drive the economy off a cliff every four years and then print money to bail it out and then give it to Goldman Sachs? These are the experts that maintain an empire around the world that we can't afford and handle their money to the military industrial. These are the experts. Patriot Act. These are the experts. NSA spying on America. These are the experts. These are the experts. Take all your jobs, ship them overseas. These are the experts. Appalachia's done. Detroit's done. They don't care. The middle of America's done. Ohio, let it fall. San Fran, those are the experts. They're killing people in the street. These are the experts. Nobody else should get any attention. Nobody else is, and they've not earned the time or attention. The American empire failing in front of us, being destroyed, eaten from the inside out. And these people are going, well, if you're not an expert... I understand, Seth Abramson goes, I understand it's hard for stupid people to know they're stupid. They hate Joe's audience so much. Mm-hmm. They hate, I mean, Seth Abramson has, you know, nothing. He's got, you know, 900,000 Twitter followers. I have as many as him. This is his gig, right? His job is to be like, you know, influential. I literally stumbled upon his thread by accident. And I thought it was crazy. Um, and he's got 77,000 subscribers on Patreon. Well, not Patreon, I'm sorry. Substack, where he writes. But if you look at Rogan's numbers, they're in the tens of millions. So people like this have such, they, they loathe and abominate Rogan. They hate him. 
And I'm not saying you have to agree with everything Joe says or think he's right about everything either. I'm just saying these people are so enraged. Like when he writes, I know it's hard for stupid people to understand they're stupid. So I do have empathy for avid fans of Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. But at a certain point, you've had it explained to you by experts why you're stupid so many times that your recalcitrance becomes a character flaw. It's like such an embarrassment to me. These people have been wrong about so much in my lifetime. So much. From geopolitics to social politics to domestic politics. I mean, they've been wrong about so much. They've allowed the country to degenerate to a point where we have so many problems eating us alive. And they still hold the mantle of respectability and go, we are the only people that should be listened to. Nobody else should be listened to. The erosion of freedom, liberty, the growth of the national security state, the unending wars, the financial crisis. They don't care. Major American cities, you know, going bankrupt, all of these things, the dominance of the financial sector, the dominance of the tech sector, all of this stuff, all of these people, globalism, you know, unending, unchecked immigration, violence in American city. None of this, anybody who questions any of this is labeled a nut job, a conspiracy theorist, a crank. Don't deal with them. Don't speak to them. Don't speak to them. Don't deal with them. They're not an expert. You want to know why that pregnant woman got stabbed? It's not an expert. Won't deal with you. Not dealing with you. Want to know why people are shitting in the street in San Fran and jabbing needles in their leg? You haven't earned your attention. You haven't earned it, dummy. You're a dummy. We're the experts. We've created this world. Don't you love it? Ain't it good? And a hot dog warlord will save us. And a hot Dog warlord will save us, and a hot dog warlord will save us. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly 1 in 4 consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.